Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. Hey everyone, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. This week we are interviewing Jash, who is an expat and digital nomad that documents the good, bad, and ugly of slow travel and life abroad. And I'm really excited to hear more about her story. So welcome, Jash. Hey, happy to be here. Yes. So for people unfamiliar with your story, can you tell us a bit about yourself, like where you're from and what your background is in, like education and work-wise, and how it really ties in with travel? For sure. So I'm originally from Hamden, Connecticut, and I went to school in Tuskegee, Alabama. I studied mechanical engineering. But when I finished my degree, I was like, I don't really want to go into engineering right now. (laughs) So I used my last semester since I finished a little bit early to go abroad. And I did volunteer teaching in Italy, and I literally fell in love with it. So I was like, I'm going to just keep doing this. <laughs> so I was looking for different programs and I had applied to some things, got denied to some things, and then I got accepted to a program in Senegal. So I did the same thing, volunteer teaching English as a foreign language. I stayed there for about five months and I was like, mm, I still like this. <laughs> I'm not really in a rush to go back to engineering. So I found a paid position this time because I was volunteering for a year and my parents were like, okay. Can you make some money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I took a position. I took a paid position in South Korea, and I did that for a year, teaching from kindergarten all the way through high school. And then after that, I took another paid position, but this time I was teaching fourth and fifth grade, depending on the school year. And that was in Haiti, and that was a full time position at an international school. So it was different than my previous positions, but still in the classroom, still doing education. And then I just decided I wanted to have more freedom over my time, be location independent, be able to travel even more. So I decided to make the change into doing all remote work, working from home, working on my computer, working from basically anywhere. And so that's what I'm doing now. So I haven't really used my degree ever, (laughs) but I'm really enjoying just being able to travel, being able to see different things experience different things and I don't regret anything yeah no it sounds like a great life you built for yourself and you mentioned how when you started out you started out volunteering and then eventually Mm -hmm. moved into the paid opportunities how did you find those paid opportunities because I'm sure there's a lot of people interested but maybe can't afford to volunteer right now (laughs) yeah so volunteering was a good start for me because I didn't really have any experience but 
you don't really need that anyway. But it was just a short-term program for me, and I just ended up falling in love with it and just continuing. But there are definitely options out there for going straight into paid, even if you don't have experience, if you don't have any certifications or anything like that. So there's like job boards, there's government programs. There's a lot of things out there that you can apply to. You can talk to schools directly, which is how I found my school in Korea. Mm -hmm. They posted on a job board for like English teachers and I saw their email. So I just sent an email to, I was like, hey, you know, I'm an American teacher looking for my next classroom and I love to teach your kids. Can we interview? They're like, sure. <laughs> so then we interviewed and like interview went really well. And then I moved to Korea like a month later. Oh, that's really nice. And did you feel like you needed to learn the like native language before you moved or were you able to kind of just pick up and go? Um, I'm a pick up and go type of person, but that's not for everybody. Yeah. Some people prefer to learn some of the language before they get there and kind of have a base. Before I go, maybe I'll learn some very, very basic things like hello, thank you, please, things like that. Mm -hmm. But as far as like actually trying to learn the language, I do it through full immersion. So like in Italy, I had a host family. So I was literally living in someone's house the whole three months. Mm -hmm. And so at first, everybody was trying to speak English and stuff. And then it's really exhausting to try to speak another language all the time. And I realized that when I started to speak Italian, I was like, <laughs> this the whole time. But I just use either my students, my co-teachers, my host families, friends to try to teach me things. And I can be really annoying. So I may forget the translation like three times, but on the fourth time, I remember it. Yeah. And then people are very helpful. So when they see you're making an effort, you're trying to meet them halfway, you may not pronounce it correctly or the grammar may be wrong, but just trying goes a long way when you're living abroad. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's an important like takeaway message for the audience. Like one, you don't need to be fluent to travel. Like people understand you're not like from the area, you don't necessarily know everything, but it's also still helpful to learn a little bit and just like be respectful and get by, you know? Right. So you mentioned being a teacher, also being a digital nomad. Like what is a digital nomad for someone unfamiliar with the concept? So it's basically just somebody that can move around and works primarily from their computer. So right now I do all work. I don't have to go into any office or any school building. I'm only working on my computer and on my phone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to move around, go to different places. I've worked in a car, at a cafe, at a restaurant, <laughs> at my mom's house, at my dad's house. So I can go anywhere I want to go and still be able to, quote unquote, clock in or like do my work. And so yeah. I can have more flexibility. Like the other day, in the middle of the day, I decided to just like go out for lunch, like step away from my computer for like an hour or two, come back and do my work. Like if something is urgent, I can do it on my phone. So I just like being able to not have somebody tell me okay you have to be in this building from seven to four or whatever like to me I don't need anybody to tell me what time I have to be productive like it may be in the evening and I'm like yo I can get this done real quick and I'll do it and then there's <laughs> yeah. other times where I'm like I want to sleep until 11 <laughs> yeah so there isn't really anybody micromanaging me or like looking over my shoulder but again, you have to be self-motivated. You have to be disciplined because this still work. <laughs> like there's still deliverables. There's still things you have to get done. 
and you kind of don't have anybody telling you okay you need to do it now you need to do it now like you have to kind of have your own self-motivation to like get your stuff done yeah definitely have you ever stayed in one of those like um they're like digital nomad houses I guess where it's like a bunch of people that are working from home essentially end up staying in this like same house um in like some random country abroad and I don't know I guess they're all just in similar situations so it's like nice to be around like other professionals I guess but then you're still traveling and doing different things I haven't but it's actually something I wanted to do I actually have a friend that owns some houses like that and she was telling me it's really like a safe space it's primarily for solo traveling women so it's like a way to go and not really feel threatened and it's like somebody from the states somebody black like you know Mm -hmm. okay we have like the same background so we can kind of connect on that level especially when being abroad sometimes you don't have those allies and stuff so it's something I'd like to do and then even just like going to hostels and like meeting other solo travelers even if they're not like digital nomads it's still a great way to meet other people while traveling abroad even if you're by yourself or with somebody like you can socialize in those type of settings yeah Yeah. definitely I think those would be like a really cool experience (laughs) that would be a really cool experience to get into um it's cool that your friend owns one too that might be a a nice (laughs) play um cool so like I guess a lot of your job involves content creating and just really interacting with um random people throughout the world over the internet how do you stay motivated doing that because I feel like you know you gotta teach you're doing this this and that I'd be tired at the end of the day (laughs) how do you stay motivated um I think for me I kind of just put it into my schedule so I have times when I'm working on things and like a lot of times it's not really me sitting down and saying okay I'm gonna do stuff for my blog or I'm gonna do stuff for my Instagram it's like kind of random Mm -hmm. so like I actually kind of do it on a daily basis, but it's not like that much of a like time suck. Like mm-hmm. if I'm doing something out, I may have an idea, oh, this would be good for a reel or this would be good for a TikTok or I could write a blog on this and I'll just write it in my notes on my phone. So like my notes has a whole bunch of ideas and stuff. Like I may not use all of them, but I know if I am stuck or I want to actually sit down and work on something, I have a bunch of things to pull from. And then after a while, it kind of becomes a routine. So like even for me posting on social media, like I usually just have an alarm. It's already recorded, edited, wrote the caption. I just have to like go in on Instagram and press post. So like a lot of it is batching things. So if I'm recording videos and stuff, I'll do a bunch in one day. And then I may not record a video for a week or two weeks. Like over the Christmas break, like the holidays, I went to see my dad back in Connecticut and I didn't record anything. <laughs> I may have wrote some cap stuff. I think maybe I did one video, but it wasn't something like I had to get up or anything. Yeah. So it's not really a a problem for me. After a while, it becomes routine. It becomes like you just have to be disciplined and see your goals. So I have social media goals, but I also have things that I want to do for my own stuff personally. So it's just setting a goal and then working toward it little by little every day. Yeah, consistency is key. Right. 
you clearly been consistent and where can the audience find you on social media or any platforms that you have if they're interested to see more about your travel story so i'm at i a m j a s h l e y i am j ashley on all platforms and then i also have a website and it's the same at or not at i am j ashley.com Okay, perfect. And I'll link all of that in the show notes so y'all can easily find it, find her and see what she's been up to. Mm -hmm. Do you have any upcoming travel plans that we can be excited to look at? I do. I'm actually going to move to my first country as a digital nomad. And so I'll be announcing that on social media probably in the upcoming week. So that's something to look forward to. And I'm also working on a lot of new resources because as soon as I kind of put out there like I'm going to do the whole digital nomad thing and remote work I was like wait I want to do that too how can I do that can you help me <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, oh I probably should have prepared a little bit better than that but yeah, I'm definitely. working on a lot of resources to help people kind of transition into remote work but mm-hmm. I'm still doing the writing part <laughs> right now just kind mm-hmm. of picking my own brain, dumping everything I know, everything I learned, because my transition was a year. So I learned a lot. I went through a bunch of like different jobs, trying different things. And so now I'm going to kind of get that all together and release it because a lot of people are looking to go into remote work and being a digital nomad. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see. Make sure y'all follow her and stay up to date so we can see what's going on and look into these digital nomad opportunities right there's a lot (laughs) (laughs) so how do you think your travel life has really been impacted with the whole global pandemic like obviously a lot of things have been restricted but do you think you've been traveling less or do you still think you've been out there doing what you can I think I've kind of tried because or I don't think I've traveled less I think I've traveled different So like when I originally thought about going to Korea, it was before everything kind of went crazy. Mm -hmm. And when I moved there, the pandemic had begun, but it was still just like a China and Korea actually was big with the numbers too. Mm -hmm. So when I moved there, Korea was like the number two in the world with cases and stuff. But I did a lot of research, talked to my school, talked to other people that were already there. And I was like, what's really going on? (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, you see one thing on the news, but there was a lot of things showing like Korea is really jumping out ahead of it, setting up all this infrastructure to help people get tested, help people quarantine and all that. So it was actually better for me to be in Korea than in the States because we all know the States has has kind of been a shit show. (laughs) Yeah. But I thought I was going to be able to visit China, visit Japan, go to the Philippines, and Uh, then no. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of doing those international things, I saw a lot more of Korea. So I probably wouldn't have traveled to all the different cities inside of Korea if there wasn't a pandemic. Like I would have taken my longer break to go to another country and see something else as like a fast paced travel. But instead, I did it inside of Korea because. For Korea, if you left the country, you would have to quarantine for two weeks. And my job was not going to have that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, you can travel and stuff, but don't be yeah. country because you have to come back to work. So I saw a lot more of Korea. And I feel like that was even a better experience because I saw different cities that I probably wouldn't even have thought of going to because I would have thought, okay, let me go to Tokyo or let me go see the Great Wall of China. 
So I think I'm not traveling less, but I'm traveling different. So I go to, I still move around for work and then I travel within the country I'm in as opposed to taking flights or whatever to go to other places. Hey, that's a good thing. Like, and I think traveling different is definitely needed for a lot of people because I I feel like people think they need to, you know, cross the world and do all these insane things and spend like millions of dollars to have a good time and that's not true like you can just travel literally to like the next town over or like just look more at like like a different state or just a different country that you've been in for a while like it's not you you don't gotta do the most (laughs) right like it's the whole big thing about like how many countries have I been to this year or this month and all yeah like I've been to <laughs> yeah, it, you don't need to. But I saw a lot of that. Like, exactly. exactly. It doesn't have to be a. I went to five countries in six days. Like, first of all, that sounds exhausting. It does. <laughs> like, for me, I prefer the full immersion, the slow travel. Like, I want to see what it's like on a daily. Mm-hmm. Because when you go somewhere and it's for like a quick little trip, like sometimes you feel really rushed like you have to hit all do the big all places and yeah when you do it exactly when you slow travel you can take your time like in Korea there's some tourist things and some of them I didn't see until like month eight month nine because mm-hmm. I was just experiencing like a real day-to-day like going to the grocery store going to work and that type of thing and then I was like oh I never even been to the palace <laughs> like this is this big thing that people come here to do and I haven't done it yet like let me go do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. I feel like even on my short trips, like I went to Greece a couple months ago and it was supposed to be a short trip for like literally like four days or something like that and ended up being like two weeks. Wow. <laughs> so because I, I also like prefer to have that slow travel, I think, and just like get to, I don't know, really immerse yourself. I wish I could have stayed longer, but yeah. life. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we're getting towards the end of the interview. And I just want to wrap up with a question I ask in every interview. And that's why do you think more Black women should travel? Um, I think it's super important for us as a community to travel. One, because how we're treating the states is not how we're treated other places. So a lot of times we're seen as like the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to to basically everything as far as like getting paid, respect, safety, we all know that oh too well. And when you go abroad and somebody sees you and they value you, they think you're beautiful, your skin is beautiful, your hair, how you carry yourself, like it's good for our confidence in one. And on top of that, it shows you like the way I'm treated in one place is not really my identifying characters. It doesn't tell me who I really am. So going to other countries and seeing people like, oh, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who, me? (laughs) When, like, you grew up being called, like, a burnt chocolate chip and all this other stuff, like, and then you go to other country and they're like, they love your skin or they love your hair. Like, it's so different than what we're accustomed to. And then it just shows us that there's community in other places. So there are locals, but there's also Black women traveling, expats, like, you see more and more every day. And so you can go to another country and have a community of people that understand you, understand what you possibly been through. Maybe they're all American or stuff like that. So you can find people that are like-minded and have like similar experiences and you can connect with them abroad too. So I think a lot of times we kind of feel alone, like nobody really understands our struggle. 
And so when we go abroad, we have this new environment, but we can also still have our community. So like everywhere I've been, I've been able to find black people, find black women, we go out, we kiki, like it's real home feeling, especially when you're in a place that is foreign or you stand out like a Korea or Italy and stuff like that. Yeah, I love um, that question because everybody has their own twist to it. And I always agree so much with what everyone says. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do want to see more of us out there when I want a trip. And then like the, uh, the world should see us, not us just seeing the world. So it's a great thing that um, we have such a strong community and we can, you know, hopefully build it with questions like these and <laughs> answers like these. <laughs> Um, but thank you again so much for doing this interview, Josh. Um, yeah, like everything you said was wonderful. And I hope y'all listen to her and work on that digital nomad life and chop <laughs> <travel> more. <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend so far. So <laughs> and then you can always like, hit me up either on the website or on social media, like DM me. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Like it may not be an immediate response, but I respond to all the DMs. So you have a resource, you have somebody to kind of reach out to.